Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Well, 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 well. Look who's back in action. Comedy Alive from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. A big Wednesday episode of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. A guy who did not skip a NATO dinner last night because he was a little tired. Uh, The official word coming down from the White House that Biden had to wrap it up early uh, because of his busy schedule, which is only funny because we are three days removed from images of him sitting in a lounge chair on a beach. That being said, uh, there might have been a little sundowning going on that didn't involve uh, the very vessel in the sky in which we orbit. We'll get into that today with Katie Pavlich, who's going to join us. She's, of course, a Fox News superstar contributor. We're also going to have a grown-up talk with Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe, who will be weighing in on the testimony on the Hill today of FBI Director Christopher Wray, who is, I got to be honest, man, it's like paintball. There used to be a game at Coney Island called Shoot the Freak. It doesn't exist anymore, but Shoot the Freak was you would, uh, you know, you give them five bucks, they'd hand you a paintball machine gun. And then some guy who was wearing, like, hockey goalie equipment would, like, give you the finger and egg you on. It was like a modern version of a dunk tank, and you'd just hit him with everything you had. Uh huh. And essentially, that's what shoot the freak was. Here's five bucks. Go paint this guy full of, you know, anything you can throw at him. Christopher Ray, I got to be honest, uh, taking a hell of a beating right now over on Capitol Hill this morning. Get him out. We'll get into that. It's a mess. It's one of those days where I got to tell you, man, I always say if it's happening in America, we're doing it on this show. Well, today is very much one of those days because there's a lot happening in America. We've got a presidential race that is certainly heating up now on the Republican side. We've got this Biden thing where, man, there's such a funny, embarrassing clip coming your way from the media that I'm going to play you shortly. And then there's these other elements of just unrest, the Ukraine situation and the NATO stuff that's happening right now. You know, it's it's hard not to look at the world <laughs> Like I always say the world's on fire. We're just roasting some radio marshmallows. Well, if ever there was a day to pick up a stick and lean into the blaze, it's today. So 888-788-9910 to be a part of a show that always has one rule and one rule only. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a there it is. So happy Wednesday, everybody. The champs. Uh, it's been a crazy morning. Uh, you did not hear this from me. But I am shooting a a live stand-up comedy special uh, in October that will ultimately debut on Fox Nation and Fox News in November. We're working our way through some of that this morning. There'll be like an official announcement. We'll get excited. I'll tell you how you can get tickets because anyone who frequents this show is going to be welcome to it. It's going to happen in New York. Uh, It's going to be outrageous. A lot of my Fox friends are going to be there. It's a whole to-do. I'm also in the stretch run of finishing up a book. So there's a lot happening off the air. Uh, And – 
you know, as I sit here and watch the news, I'm kind of watching it through three different lenses. There's like author lens, who's like, how does this apply to the things I'm writing about right now? You know, in like a larger context of, you know, you're going to read this book basically, you know, a little bit less than a year from now. You know, and then there's you look at it as a comedian, which is like, what's funny about this? What we can get out of it? But then there's this third lens, which is the radio lens, the lens that gets on the air every day. And I say the same thing to you every day. I say, listen, I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. How does this affect America? That's the lens through which I kind of present politics to you. I say, what's in it for all of us? What's the deliverable when we get on the air every day? And I got to be honest with you. It's no good deliverables. When you look around right now in Washington, D.C., I got to tell you. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Very stupid people. And it's not just the folks in elected office, but it's the folks that cover them. I'm going to give you this clip. Okay, it's a Mika Brzezinski clip. She's on with Morning Joe. And essentially what she's telling the Biden White House to do. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Okay, it's fascinating to me that someone would look into a camera. Meaning, after getting hair and makeup, meaning there was time to think about saying this. You go on TV, you get a hair, you get makeup. They gussy up your hair a little bit, which I know is hard to tell from looking at me. Uh, but they do. And then they put some makeup on you, and they try to make you presentable, get the shadows out of your face. You know, maybe your head's a little shiny over here. And they make you look normal on a TV, at least in standard definition in my case. In high definition, you throw me on, okay, the Jets, I have nothing to do with that, okay? I've warned you guys long in advance, but if you throw me on an HD. Oh, oh, no, no. So anyway, okay, Mika Brzezinski goes and gets hair. She goes and gets makeup. They throw her in front of a TV. And uh, they're basically talking about one of the issues on the Biden side of the aisle that happens to be growing in stature this week, okay, is the fact that multiple news outlets, multiple news outlets have now written stories, whether we're talking about The Atlantic, whether we're talking about The New York Times, they've written stories talking about Biden's age. Oh, I'm in trouble. Okay, they're acknowledging the elephant in the room and the fact that the elephant doesn't always go the right way when he's exiting the room. Biden's lost his marbles. And now I promise you, no matter how many times we have this conversation, the one thing you're never going to hear me do is hold Joe Biden's condition against him. That could happen to anybody. And it's not necessarily his age that's the issue. It's the condition he's in. Okay, I interviewed William Shatner a few weeks ago. The guy's 92. He is so much sharper at 92 than Joe Biden was at 65. He's so much sharper at 92 than I am at 45. Okay, he's a really sharp dude. You could be sharp at any age. You could be a mess at any age. Okay, that's just the way it works. So I'm not holding this against Biden. I'm not holding his age against Biden. I'm just telling you he's in a condition where he's in no capacity to lead the free world. And the case Mika Brzezinski tries to make is that his staff needs to look out for him. You know, we're getting all these videos of him tripping. We're getting all these videos of him shaking hands with invisible people. His staff needs to look out for, with, for him. So we don't get so many of these videos surfacing on the Internet. Are you stupid or something? You'd have to be, because what is she basically saying? Yeah, we all know what's going on. Just hide it, though. Just hide it from people. That's what she's trying to say to his staff. Yeah, we know he's a mess. We know he falls over. Okay, we know he thinks the Queen of England is still alive. Sometimes he quits talking in the middle of a sentence just because. We know what's going on. But you've got to limit the appearance of that. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. I mean, seriously, Mika Brzezinski, but this is one of those moments I point to. 
where I'm trying again and again, I repeat myself a lot on this show, about the mission of the show. I'm trying to get people to distill politics and consume politics in a way where it's not so emotional for them that it's denying them the ability to think clearly, that it's denying them self-awareness. Mika Brzezinski hates conservatives. Okay, she hates herself. She hates her husband. They are the most self-loathing human beings you could ever meet. We have a lot of mutual friends. Like, they hate themselves. Like, you walk into the room, and there is a thick... You know what humidity feels like? Well, there is such a thing as, like, a white, liberal, self-hatred humidity, where you walk into a room, and you can physically feel the air of disdain. Okay? Mika Brzezinski, Joe Scar- Oh, God, they hate themselves. You know, they'll talk self-righteously. They'll say they're wonderful and they're great. But they hate themselves. And I got to tell you, when it comes to politics, they're so blinded by all of the hatred, the hatred for you, the hatred for them, self-loathing white people. That's who they are, that they can't hear themselves. They don't realize how insane they sound to rational people. I'm going to play you two clips of Mika Brzezinski again telling you it's not, you know, it's not the fact that Biden's elevator doesn't even go to the top floor, let alone the third floor, the third floor, let alone the top floor. It's the fact that his staff isn't protecting him. Listen to this clip. It's clip 29. I think his staff needs to own his age. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they do a good job uh, helping out the president. And I'm not talking about it like I'm just saying if you are managing mm. a president's schedule and you are managing a president getting on stage and getting off stage and doing getting on planes and getting off planes. And yes, he's 80. You need to be there for him, and you need to make a pathway. And you sure as hell better make sure he doesn't fall on a sandbag. And I blame the staff for that. I mean, these are the things that are going to hurt him. These are things that are going to be played on a loop. That was embarrassing. Wait, seriously? You better make sure he doesn't fall on a sandbag? How the hell do they do that? I think he's got a point. Okay, how do they stop him from falling three times on the way up Air Force One? How do they stop him from crashing his bike? Okay, they try to stop him from going the wrong way. We saw that humiliating video of King Charles showing him around the troops, yes, two days ago. Okay, how do they stop him on the sandbag situation? There are actually people in the sandbag video showing him on and off the stage, standing arm in arm with him as the guy actually takes a dive. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. And I'm not saying I'm mad at him for it. Like, shame on anybody who puts him in this situation. But what the Mika Brzezinski's of the world don't realize is because they are so blinded with hatred, they're such a prisoner to their emotions, they don't realize how insane that sounds. Listen to her quote. Yes, he's 80. And you need to be there for him. Wait, as the leader of the free world? You need to be there? Okay, wait, what? We should leave a guy in charge who we can't let get on and off the stage on his own? That's stupid. Use your common sense. Folks, if you don't think for a second the condition Joe Biden is in is not emboldening all the aggression we see around the world, you are crazy. You are an abject crazy person. Still be my friend. Crazy people are the best ones to hang out with. Oh, my God. You're a hook up with a crazy girl? Oh, my God. Hubba, hubba. Oh, man. All the good stuff. They're great. And three days later, you know, your cat's in little pieces in a Ziploc bag. But those first three days, (laughs) those are some really good days. You know, the dog is alive and well. Things are looking good. Day four, not the best for the little fella. Uh, But here's more Mika Brzezinski talking about how his age is going to be a factor. 
Okay, now if his age is a factor, you should already be eliminating him from the job. Straight up. Tell him like it is. It's straight up. Okay, and it's not because we hate people his age. Like I said, I know people older than him. I have an Uncle Sam. He's 96. Guy can go out and run a marathon tomorrow. Okay, Joe Biden can't make it up the flight of Air Force One in one try. Okay, that's not good, guys. It's not doesn't mean he's a bad person, although he is a terrible person, white trash for ignoring his grandkid, and they're corrupt to the moon and back. But I don't wish him any ill will for the physical condition he finds himself in. But Mika Brzezinski is flat out admitting he can't do the job on his own. So how the hell do you let him do that? Okay, if you were at a horse race today and you are betting with your life, with your life, would you physically put your money on a jockey who was 500 pounds and had never ridden a horse before? Would you go out and do that? Of course not. But when you look at the condition America is in right now, that's what they're asking us to do. They're asking us to go all in and bet it all on the least qualified jockey. Listen to Brzezinski. Here's the rest of the clip. It's phenomenal. Clip 30. But my God, make sure, you know, your Secret Service, you're his staff, that you were there and you're telling him what's next. And it's not because don't don't take this as, oh, he can't even get from one place to another. When you're busy and you're on stage and we've been on stage, I've done speeches and I'm so nervous. I'm doing the speech. I'm trying to get it right. And when it's done. I don't know which way to go, and I'm looking for direction. Mm. So do a better job, because you can't have these video images of the president tripping or the president, like, going the wrong way. It's not going to work in this presidency because his age is going to be a factor. His age is going to be a factor, and it's your job to make sure he gets from one place to another. He can handle the presidency. You have to handle his schedule and where he goes. Well, and and, and the schedule. It makes me mad. The schedule. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious, Mika Brzezinski. Straight up. Clown. We've all given speeches. We don't know which way to go off of the stage. Oh. Come on, don't bullshit me. What? You know which way you go when you're leaving the stage? Are you ready for it? The same way you came on. I am on stage Every week in the history of my life, in the history of Joe Biden's life, I've been getting on and off stages like 15, 16 years, 17. Uh, how long have I known Jenny? Yep, 17, 18 years. Okay, whatever the hell it is. Joe Biden's been getting on and off stages for 60 years. Okay, you get off the way you came on. The fact that he's getting lost is not the fault of his staff. Okay, and we know that to be the case, but that's where our politics have become so stupid is that people will hear the Mika side of that and be like, yeah, no, the staff's got to look out for him. Okay, we've all done speeches. Dude, I have never, ever, ever in the history of doing a speech not been aware of my surroundings. Like if I walked on stage to the Holland Civic Center, wild, screaming crowd. It's very flattering stuff. I hear my name right now, and I feel like the Beatles are in Shea Stadium. It's like people are screaming. They're crazy. Oh, my God, so exciting. But in all of that excitement, if there was a sandbag between me and the microphone, I'm not going down. Okay? You wonder why I'm not going down? Because I'm aware of my surroundings. Because I can see. Because I know what's going on. And you understand, I don't just have a sandbag. I have all kinds of women throwing pannings and stuff. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Fine. So most of them are men. But the point is, the pannings are common. It's a lot to deal with. But this is the reactor. If you're if you're 
outright admitting right now the staff needs to get him places. They need to protect him. Tell him what's next. Okay, have you guys ever seen the speech where he wanders off into the office crowd at the Pentagon and they have to go get him? Okay, there's no version of the staff that can come in and help him through it. They give him note cards of who to call on, and oftentimes he reads the stage direction off off the prompter. Repeat the line. Do you remember that one? The guy's a mess. I don't begrudge him the fact that he's a mess, but that doesn't mean because of partisan hacks like Mika Brzezinski, who will shill for anything, that the rest of us should have to be a mess too. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, man. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. I got to check in on our VMT listeners. We were talking about the damn situation yesterday. Joining us now with an update on that and so much more is Dennis. Yo, Dennis. So, Jimmy, hi. Um, listen, mm-hmm. uh, about about the weather, because I know that you're going to yeah. take me there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, there's kind of a, a folksy wisdom up here. And you know what? We're all saying, uh, thank God it didn't come down in the form of snow. Yeah. Sheesh. We'd have been immobilized. We could have been immobilized for two weeks. Oh my right? goodness gracious! Yeah. So, so there's anyway, a, the there's more, an and, and the more money we throw at green energy to, you know, placate the planet's weather, mm-hmm. the less money that's available for rescue, rebuilding, and repair. Great point. And uh, none of that green energy money is changing anything. Okay. Back in the day, if you told somebody you could control the weather, they threw you in a home. They were like, they were like, this is a crazy person. But talking about no. people getting thrown into homes, really quick, give me your Mika Brzezinski take. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think what Mika might have been suggesting is that when uh, sandbags are needed uh, at Biden public appearances, members of his staff should substitute themselves in sandbag drag and crawl out of Biden's way when he starts to stroll away from the podium. Do you remember when we all made fun of him because the Easter Bunny had to interrupt him at the egg hunt? Because there was a reporter talking to him and an Easter Bunny came over in a costume. Like she's trying to... You don't make fun of anybody. (laughs) But she's trying to say that's a good thing. Oh, Dennis. Great call as always. Would you stay dry up there and stay safe, my man? Thanks, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll let people know that that your thoughts are with us. <laughs> For sure, they are. Good stuff, Dennis. But yeah, if you go watch that Biden video, the craziest part of him getting interrupted by the Easter Bunny is he looks like he thinks he met a talking Easter Bunny. Scary. 
Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a safe house for you, the listener, from the stampede of stupidity that has enveloped our nation in Washington, D.C., on social media. One of the dumbest things I've ever read in my life a second ago. Dylan Mulvaney. Remember Dylan Mulvaney, Bud Light spokesperson who took Bud Light from the number one beer brand in the world, uh, down $29 billion in value. All for a promotion where they did what? Okay. They celebrated one year of womanhood for Dylan Mulvaney by giving Dylan Mulvaney his own Bud Light beer can. So congratulations, Bud Light. You've just given beer to a one-year-old girl. I think he's got a point. That was kind of dumb, wasn't it, when you really think about it? <laughs> but why did the company tank? I mean, we've, ch- we've covered this chapter in verse because there's an intense culture war going on. And Bud Light seemingly sided with the part of this that their consumers don't agree with. And it doesn't mean every single person who drinks a Bud Light is against transgender ideology. What it really means is that most people who drink Bud Light just want nothing to do with identity politics. They grab a beer to get away from that crap. But by Bud Light literally pouring identity politics down everybody's throat, it sparked an uprising that's having a major impact on corporations. People are a little less likely to go woke, a little less. They're not there yet because the problem is the people running these corporations, these woke marketing firms, aren't trying to cater to your preferences anymore. They're trying to change them. They want you to think the way they do. Corporations now get these uh, DEI scores for diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're social credit scores. And the corporations want to look woke and they want to look just. Yes, we're putting out ads that prioritize the climate. Yes, we're putting out ads that promote alternative lifestyles. But hello, folks, this matters. This is a thing. We don't consume products for their political stances. One of the funniest things I've ever seen is when you walk into the mall and you find that one store that's like, in this store, we don't support bigotry or hatred. We're a zone of tolerance and love. They post this. Number one is if anybody cares, we're just there to buy a product. But number two, as if there's a store across the hallway that says they do support bigotry and hatred and discrimination. It's all grandstanding bull****. Okay? And the idea that we consume products based on our identities is stupid. I'm part Irish, but I don't buy Lucky Charms because there's a leprechaun on the box. I work with a leprechaun. His name is Greg Gutfeld. I buy Lucky Charms because I like the sugary cereal. Okay, that's it. That's why it goes on. But Bud Light got sucked into the identity politics lane because they had woke marketing executives trying to reshape your perceptions. I've said this before. Okay, you used to get ads from Mad Men. Now you get ads from Mad Them. And Don Draper is Dawn Draper. And every one of these products is not out anymore to cater to what you like and want. It's out to change your likes 
and wants, which is why when it comes to Bud Light's profit margins, they're really not feeling the best right now after the stunt they pulled, okay? But Dylan Mulvaney, obviously the subject of a lot of mockery online, now posting, and this is my favorite thing in the world, because it really, you talk about a stampede of stupidity. You talk about performative stupidity. Dylan Mulvaney has just announced that he's fled to Peru because he no longer feels safe in the U.S. following all of this Bud Light backlash. Posted a video. Hey, I'm down here in Peru because I don't feel safe because of the backlash. Folks, I know the first thing I do when I don't feel safe from attackers is I give every one of them my location. (laughs) It's so stupid. I don't want anybody coming to get me over here at 1232 Water Street. That would be horrible. I don't feel safe. So I've been forced. People are out to get me to come down here to 1232 Water Street and film this video on the front lawn because that's how unsafe I feel. Nobody feels unsafe, nor should they. The problem with our politics in this day and age is disagreement is always framed as hatred. Disagreement is always framed as a physical threat to the well-being of the people on that side of the argument because that's how Democrats get their way. Vote for us or people are going to die. Drink Bud Light, okay? Do whatever they tell you to do at Tranheuser-Busch or people are going to die. They're going to kill them all. You know they're going to kill them, right? And nobody's killing them. But when you go out there and you pump this discourse through the veins of people who really are in a fragile emotional place, I mean, if you're ingesting hormones into your body that don't naturally occur there, I don't doubt you're going through a lot. And if you tell people in that position that they're under attack and everybody wants to kill them, the idea that we've had a couple of transgender mass shooters almost squares up. I'm not saying it's ever going to be justified, but for all the warnings— that we get from the left about the dangers of rhetoric, oh, I don't know, maybe pumping people up full of hormones that don't naturally occur in their body and then telling them everybody wants to kill them isn't exactly a good idea for, you know, safe society. That's true. That is true. But the Dylan Mulvaney argument, it dovetails with everything else going on in our politics right now. We're not having an honest conversation. People didn't stop drinking Bud Light because they needed time to go kill transgender people. They stopped drinking Bud Light because they have a million other options when they go into a beer fridge. And there's not a single person who goes into the beer fridge based on what the politics of the brand happen to be. There are now people, thanks to Bud Light, that are avoiding certain corners of the beer fridge based on what the politics happen to be. And that's upsetting. It's a shame. Bud Light was definitely a part of the fabric of America. It was the number one beer brand in the world. Okay, but people walked away from it because they very much felt betrayed. Okay, as Brian Brenberg famously said on the show once, beer is not for activism. It is for inactivism. It's something you consume when you're taking the edge off. You're going fitching. You're watching a ball game. You're sitting on a boat. You're at a concert. You're in your yard. Okay, beer is not what you do when you want identity politics. Beer is what you do when you are exhausted from identity politics. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. And in this moment, Okay, to hear Dylan Mulvaney, I'm fleeing to Peru. I don't feel safe in this country anymore. It's clown stuff. If you don't feel safe, you don't tell everybody where to find you. This is such a great quote. It's so funny. (laughs) 
Hi, is this an okay time? Surprise, I'm in Peru and I'm at Machu Machu Picchu. Did I say that right? I'm not cultured. Machu Picchu. (laughs) Machu Picchu, you're right. Isn't this just so beautiful? I'm here by myself. I used to do a ton of solo traveling. I'm telling you, it's the best. If you could ever do a solo trip somewhere, it's such a good way to get to know yourself better. But I came here to feel something. You know what I mean? And I definitely have. I've done shaman ceremonies that were like 10 years worth of therapy. It was wild. Seen a lot of llamas. People here are so kind. I feel very safe here. It's a little sad that I had to leave my country to feel safe, but that'll get better eventually. And am I dying for some Trader Joe's roll chili lime chips? But other than that, I'm so content still. Haven't been kissed yet, but I'm holding out hope. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, and most of all, you know, this trip just has me feeling like I'm my own best friend again. That is the best feeling in the world. And I hope you feel that way about yourself, too. Okay, so that's Dylan Mulvaney saying you got to love yourself even though everyone in America wants to kill you. Nobody, I promise you, Dylan Mulvaney, nobody in America wants to kill you. But after watching your videos, there's a lot of us out there who want to kill ourselves. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. When you're right. It's like a hard thing to sit through. Because what's happening in society right now is they're really trying to reconfigure this country. Like, that's a thing. That is going on. The struggle for power has grown so intense that the people on the left are really trying to change the board. Like, if we're playing Monopoly, they're trying to move the board around, except for the jail. The jail is just now open. Nobody goes to jail anymore. In a democratic city, nobody's going to jail. (laughs) I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. (laughs) The railroad, you know, it's being phased out a little bit. They've got to make it an electric train in a hurry. Oh, they're going to phase that out. You know, it's not as much cars. The car piece is gone now unless that's wind-powered or something stupid. But the point is they're really trying to change society to accommodate their worldview because it's the only way they're ever going to get support for the type of legislation they want to pass. You understand the things the Democrats are doing right now, okay, aren't popular. Climate change is not popular. If it was They wouldn't have had the biggest climate bill in the history of this country passed under a different name. But that's what the Inflation Reduction Act was. They told us, ah, it's the Inflation Reduction Act. And then the CBO scored it and said, what? Well, this doesn't actually reduce inflation in any meaningful way. What a fraud. Yeah, but they went out and they spent billions of dollars anyway at a time when inflation was at a record high. And then they bragged after the fact that it was all because of climate change. That is financial lunacy. Of course it is. But understand, okay, why did they have to do it? Because reducing inflation was popular. Climate change was not. So they had to shoehorn the policies they want to implement in there under a Trojan horse of inflation reduction. And that's how they get most of their agenda done. Okay, the public's not on board with any of it. So there is a massive massive effort underway to reconfigure how the public thinks. In the meantime, they'll implement their agenda items through executive orders and through Trojan horse moves like the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, but they know as it stands right now, most self-respecting people do not consider the term gender-affirming care a serious term. What do I mean by that? Okay, the Democrats give it a, you know, and I'm not like, ah, they're denying health care to transgender children. No, they're not. Transgender child gets sick. The doctor's going to treat him. Transgender child needs a surgery. They're going to treat them. Okay, if somebody has the flu, you know, I mean, if somebody needs to get a shot, they're going to get whatever they want. Okay, they're not being denied health care, but that's how the Democrats frame it, because they're trying to conflate health care with chopping off your 
And that's not health care. That is not gender-affirming care. That is agenda-affirming care. He knows what he's talking about. And one of the ways they reconfigure people's attitudes towards unpopular positions, because you understand the transition for the Democrats, it's their new civil rights movement. It is a manufactured civil rights movement. The original one was about giving and delivering the equal rights to people who had, in fact, been marginalized. These were people who were born onto this earth, okay, and through the first few hundred years of this country's existence were not occupied. We're not operating on equal standing, if I could say that in English. Okay, we've leveled that playing field completely. But because the Democrats thrive on grievance and because people are so exhausted by the race card when it's so easily, so easily shot down in this day and age, they've had to move on to a new civil rights movement. They've now told us that transgenderism is the new civil rights movement. These people are under attack. Even though, to be clear, Dylan Mulvaney became transgender and made $10 million the first year, I'd love to be under that level of attack. Okay? Transgender men are now winning all the gold medals in women's swimming. They're not really under attack. They're getting prizes. They're getting endorsement deals. They're being encouraged and afforded rights the rest of us don't have. I, as a straight man, can't walk into a women's room, but a transgender person can, regardless of their sexual orientation. They go to both. Okay, they have more rights than us, not less. They're not under attack. The only thing we've ever asked as consumers of this stuff is, hey, don't do it to little kids until they've had a chance to fully grow up, develop, and legally make decisions for their own bodies. Okay, no one should be permanently altering their body before the age of 18. Okay, if you're giving a child agency to do that, you are barbaric. You are a barbarian. But people have leaned into that on the left. Because it's become a new form of political branding. Just the same as there are people walking around with masks on, even though COVID's been dead and gone for three years. That's their MAGA hat. They're walking around with a mask just to let you know they're a Democrat. Well, there are parents out there that are now denying children their natural gender just so the world can know how much of a Democrat they are. That's crazy. That's insanity. But that's where we are. Now, the left knows that's not popular. The left knows anybody who's been blessed with a privilege from God to raise a child realizes just how fluid their stages of development are. They realize that you don't raise one kid, you raise 10 versions of the same kid. Their vocabulary is constantly changing. Their preferences are constantly changing. The foods they like are constantly changing. The games they play, the jokes they tell, they're constantly evolving. They're in a constant state of evolution. Most people know that. So the conservative position on transgenderism is not that you can't do it. It's that you should be afforded a chance to fully develop before you do. Okay, Dylan Mulvaney comes on dressed up as a little girl, comes on and dresses as a little underage girl. The whole shtick has never been kissed before. I'm so new to this girl thing. Bud Light just gave me a can of beer because I've only been a girl for one year. And that's the shtick. And why are they doing that? Why are they amplifying that? Because these brands want to normalize that sort of thing. Drag shows used to be off limits unless you were over the age of 21. They want to stick it in kindergarten classes now because if you normalize it for little kids, they grow up on that side of the political battle line. That's the whole point. People on the right say they're grooming them sexually. Oh, you're a bunch of groomers. I don't necessarily know that's the case. It is for some of them. I mean, the guys doing the naked bike rides at the bride parades in front of little kids, that's not okay. That's not okay on any level. And everybody knows that. Okay? That's disgusting. 
If somebody told you 20 years ago, if somebody told you two years ago, they want to get naked around random strangers' children, okay, you called the cops. Once you got done, maybe punching them in the face if you were me. Okay, but this idea that it's now normal and acceptable and we should all be okay with that is not true. Nobody agrees with that. So the way the Democrats have to change their way of thought is, A, through social pressure, give us what we want or people are going to die, and B, through normalizing it. Okay, Dylan Mulvaney was attempt by the woke left to normalize grown men prancing around as underage women and making it relatable to children. And it might have worked with a couple of children, but I promise you it failed with their beer drinking parents. Budweiser presents Real Them of Genius. Real Them of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Millions of beer drinkers spend the day working a grueling shift on the construction site, but you pranced around the house on TikTok dressed as a six-year-old girl. You're a kid Anyone can hang their hat up after a long shift, but only a true hero can take off their dress and untape their nuts. Oh, that stings! So crack open an ice-cold bud, Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Normally, beer comes in a cardboard case, but thanks to you, it now comes in a mental case. Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. There it is. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you at 888-788-9910. Katie Pavlich joining us in the next hour. We're also going to talk to Florida Representative Greg Stubbe. Uh, and it's it's really a state of the union from here. The country is such a mess right now. Everybody here on the show, it's one favorite thing about this show. Is everybody you hear on the show, people I know off the air that I find to be not only super cool, but people that I know aren't coming on and like doing an act. Like I've met lawmakers who are on the air and they're like talking to me in points. And then I run into them in the bathroom afterwards. And I'm like, oh, this guy was completely full of it. And that's really been the process of weeding out guests on this show, is if they'll tell you the truth, if they'll give you a genuine take, come on down. Uh, but if it doesn't work that way, based on my assessment of you off the air, it's pretty straightforward. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up. we got a big hour coming up on this show. Buckle up, kiddos. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, and one of my all-time favorite humans in this or any industry, Katie Pavlich, town hall contributor, Fox News contributor, general in the Fallon Fashion Army. Uh, we are friends uh, and almost family because I know her brother pretty well, too. And uh, she is just one of my absolute favorite human beings to talk to because she is calling balls and strikes. That being said... 
Our FBI director, Christopher Wray, is testifying on Capitol Hill, and he just threw the first pitch. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. It's a real bad look for the FBI on Capitol Hill. We're going to dive into it a little bit in this hour because Ray's testimony overlaps with a lot of things. Obviously, the investigation into Hunter Biden, the persecuting uh, and investigation and infiltrating of Catholic churches, but essentially the overall weaponization of the DOJ. And there's even some talk about January 6th along the way. So 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this. But anyway, you slice it, okay? As a guy who roots for America, I'm sitting here watching the Christopher Ray stuff between commercials today, and it doesn't give me a good feeling. Like, yes, there's a lot of testimony today that shows you the FBI lied. As conservatives have been claiming, there's a lot of testimony that shows you they went out of their way to help that shield the Bidens. So there's some validation and going, see, I was right. But I don't like the idea of being right about our country going to hell. Because that's not the point of living here. The point is not to root against it so you can say you were right. The point is to find that common ground that elevates all of us. That is not going on anywhere in America right now. Okay, certainly not up on Capitol Hill. So let me give you a little bit about this. Okay, because the biggest issue I think everybody has gotten into today, and they've, you know, they've even talked about Mar-a-Lago. Okay, they've talked about misinformation, and I think that's the biggest issue, is that Ray was asked about all of the new revelations that came out in the judge's ruling on the 4th of July about just how far the Department of Justice went to collude with social media to censor speech they didn't agree with. And Ray tries to make the point of saying, well, we didn't tell them to take it down. We just gave them a heads up that it was problematic speech. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, and why would the FBI be asking or telling them it's problematic unless there was an absolute expectation that they would take it down. I mean, seriously, folks. Are you stupid or something? You'd have to be if you believed Christopher Wright. But let me walk you through some of the misinformation stuff really quick because I found this all to be so crazy. Uh, He claims they're not in the effort of suppressing social media information. Clip 26. The court has found that and Elvis Chan testified under oath in charge of this for you. He said 50 percent. He had a 50 percent success rate in having alleged election disinformation taken down or censored. That, that wasn't just for an adversary, sir. That was American citizens. How do you answer for that? Well, first off, I'm not sure that's a correct characterization. It comes of right out of the opinion. You should read it. What I, of, of his testimony. But what I would say is the FBI is not in the business of moderating content or causing any social media company to suppress or censor. That is not what the court has found. You are so full of sh- Okay, the court flat out ruled on the 4th of July of all days that the FBI was flat out telling social media companies to take stuff down. And not only were they taking stuff down, okay, but they were taking stuff down that was accurate. When the FBI was actively trying to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, they were doing so nearly a year after they themselves had verified that the laptop was real. That's just how white folks will do you. This is the problem in our country with the way we distill politics. Dude, I make this to point to the point of exhaustion. Nobody on the left cares that the FBI is now interfering in our elections. The reason you should care 
Oh, is because although it happened in your favor this time around, there could come a day where the FBI doesn't have the motivations of your candidate, and they do, in fact, interfere on behalf of a Republican. In the 2020 election, the FBI, the intel community, and big tech interfered in the election. Hunter Biden's laptop story, corroborated by living, breathing business partners, was denied into the record of the 2020 election. It detailed lengthy, voluminous corruption between the Bidens and foreign entities. It also showcased the fact that Hunter Biden was operating as an agent of a foreign entity without ever legally registering here in the United States of America. He should be behind bars. To be clear, Paul Manafort went to jail for that. Okay, to be clear, Biden's DOJ has recently indicted two people for doing that exact same thing that Hunter and Jim Biden did. So it is very much a two-tiered standard of justice. But the reason why it's a two-tiered standard of justice is because they have a political motivation to make it that way. Here's California Representative Daryl Issa asking Christopher Wray what gave him the authority that he used. Where do you find the interest in free speech of American citizens being taken down? And I repeat, free speech of American citizens. Where, where do you have that authority? So we don't uh, ask social media companies uh, to censor information or suppress information uh, when it comes to national security threats, certainly. Uh, So what we do do is alert them when some other intelligence agency gives us information about a foreign intelligence service being behind some account, we will call social media companies' attention to that. But at the end of the day, we're very clear that it's up to the social media companies to decide mm. whether to do something about it. The suggestion it or not, of the most powerful law enforcement operation is not a suggestion. It is, in fact, effectively an order. You're a bald faced liar. A liar. Yes, we're the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world. And we call a social media company and tell them something's garbage. But we don't actually expect them to just make action, take action based on our recommendation. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Are you kidding me, man? And the brazen nature with which they lie to the American people, like that should bother you. Okay, in a democracy, in a constitutional republic, these people work for us. Okay, but we are on the other end of this now. You know, in a healthy democracy, the government fears its people. We are very much living in a moment where the people should fear their government because it's not operating with your best interest in mind. Okay, and that's the problem the FBI has, the DOJ has, the people going after Donald Trump have with actually harming him politically. You cannot look at the FBI and feel like they're bargaining with you in good faith. Ergo, if you love Donald Trump, you can't let the FBI's actions change your opinion of the guy. That's the problem they have. That is their problem. They've told you so many times that he was something he wasn't. Ah, he's a Russian agent. Vladimir Putin controls the government. You talk about conspiracies. No, no, Russia took over America. We're not in charge anymore. That was the conspiracy. And crazy. They spent $30 million, two and a half years on it, went nowhere, dead end. No, no, you don't understand. The taxes. He's going to jail for his taxes. That was the conspiracy. No, no, I'm telling you. You know, this guy's, he's going to die in prison because of his taxes. They held that over his head for five years. Didn't happen. Didn't go to jail. Nothing. Okay, Ukraine. He's meddling in Ukraine. You know, everybody knows you cannot 
threaten to withhold foreign aid from anyone in Ukraine. That would be treasonous. You should be in jail for that. You know, unless, of course, you're this guy. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. How about that? Does that sound a little bit like meddling? Threatening to withhold aid? He's flat out admitting it on tape. Okay, so you understand there is a double standard. When there's a double standard, there's no standard. I don't get on here and defend Trump. I don't. I get yelled at for always issuing that qualifier. But the reason I say that to you is I don't want you receiving anything I say through a partisan lens. I don't want you filtering it through. I don't care. What I'm defending is America. Okay, if it's bad to Trump, it's bad to all Americans. It's bad to you. It's bad to me. Christopher Ray is sitting on Capitol Hill right now. And no matter how many contortionist moves he makes to try to escape the trap, okay, every time he opens his mouth, it becomes a little more obvious that the FBI is deploying a two-standard tier of justice. A two-tier standard of justice. Do you speak in English? From time to time, I do. But understand, this is important. This matters. Okay? Donald Trump, whatever you think of the guy, as a president of the United States, had the power to declassify information. It doesn't mean he declassified what was at Mar-a-Lago. His answers have been all over the map. But it does mean he had a security clearance to see this stuff that Joe Biden did not as a senator, that Joe Biden did not as a vice president. It means that he had a security clearance to see this stuff, Donald Trump, that Hillary Clinton did not as a secretary of state, that Hillary Clinton did not as a first lady. And to be clear, I got to be honest with you. If you paid any attention to the Clinton years, I, I don't even know that she was the first lady. I believe that together we can make America great again. But stick with me. They both did what Donald Trump did in terms of mishandling classified information, in terms of having it in places it shouldn't be. But only Donald Trump was the subject of an FBI raid. Only Donald Trump is under multiple indictments because of it. Okay, Hillary Clinton got found to be mishandling classified information, subpoenaed to turn over her emails by the FBI, and destroyed 33,000 of them instead of handing them over. Does that sound like a woman... Who's operating on the level? The answer would be no. No, the answer is no. Is that a woman who has nothing to hide? The answer would be no. She flat out destroyed him. And the FBI was like, oh, well, I guess there's nothing we could do. We should probably just let her go then. And that's what they did. Donald Trump actually gave them back eventually. He definitely slow rolled it fine. But he was a president. And this was unprecedented. Eventually gave him back. But they're like, nah, that's it. Indictments for you. 37 of them. You could die in prison. Okay, Joe Biden had classified information sitting in a crate behind his Corvette in his garage. They pertain to his time in the Senate. So at the time they were discovered, we know for a fact they had been there for at least 10 years. 
Any indictments for Biden? The answer would be no. No, of course not. Oh, must have been an oversight. But since he called up and let us search, we let him go. Okay, but Trump got a raid. And here is Christopher Ray saying he didn't get a raid. No, it wasn't a raid. Here it is, clip 27. House Republicans have attacked the execution of the search warrant of Mar-a-Lago last August as a, quote, unprecedented raid. Would you consider the execution of the search warrant at Mar-a-Lago a raid? Oh. Uh, I would not call it a raid. I would call it the execution of a lawful search warrant. Can you describe how the search was executed? Uh, well, we had the case team, uh, you know, follow its standard procedure. It has sometimes been described as a SWAT uh, operation. It was not. Oh. There was no SWAT involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I think I want to be really careful with getting too far into the details now that this case is uh, not only in the hands of a special counsel, but more importantly, in my view, uh, in front of the court. You're not telling me the truth. No, no, it wasn't a raid. We were just following the procedures of a raid. We had a search warrant, as you do when you got like a drug dealer. Okay, when you got like a murderer. They took the president of the United States and went out and got a search warrant. Did they get a search warrant for the Biden administration uh, when they were coming by to search? No, they gave them a heads up they were coming. So if, any, if there was anything that shouldn't be there, they also had time to get rid of it. That's not right. That's beyond the opposite of what they did to Trump. Did they get a search warrant for Hillary Clinton after she destroyed 33,000 emails? <laughs> no, they just took her word that there wasn't anything bad in them. Yo, I'm telling you this because I care. This is not a Trump thing. This is an America thing. It's not okay to do this. It's not okay for the FBI to have a standard of justice for one guy that doesn't apply to the other side of the political aisle. And if you think it is, look back to these conversations we had when Twitter banned Trump. I said, yo, yo, said a lot of you people on the left are so excited because Twitter banned Trump and the big tech oligarchs are now the gatekeeper of free speech in the country. And you threw the Republican argument back at him about private enterprise doing whatever the hell they wanted. And I said, sure, you could feel that way. But if this private enterprise ever changes hands, you're all going to lose your mind if it happens to affect you. And lo and behold, within a year and a half of it happening, the shoe was on the other foot. It very much affected them, and they all went crazy. Oh, Twitter, this is fascism and right supremacy and climate change and transphobia. Any word salad word they could throw out there, they lost their mind. Because everybody is a a prisoner of the moment in the way we do politics now. So if it's good for them, well, then, yeah, this is how we should be doing things. It's working out for me. But you understand it can change, and that standard operating procedure might not work out for you. And that's the danger of having a weaponized FBI. And the worst clip I heard all day was the exchange between Matt Gates and Christopher Wray. We're going to play it for you after this. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into that. You you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not the has que- no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev- to the millions of people who will see this, 
They know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. All right, Christopher Ray getting ensnared in a Matt Gaetz soundbite there. But the question was, hey, does this sound like a shakedown? And we know, you know, Gates is going for some clout. But understand, Gates goes for the clout based on a text message that this FBI is not pursuing, you understand. They let the statute of limitations run out on most of the Hunter Biden charges by slow rolling an investigation that delivered concrete proof of corruption like the text he just read. That is a verified, corroborated Hunter Biden message. Now, whether his dad is sitting next to him or not, he could have been lying to leverage the guy. But understand, it is proof that that's how he was getting his money. My dad's next to me. We want this done right away. Do it now or I'm going to do everything I can to harm you. My ability to permanently hold a grudge. Okay, you will regret not following my direction. Does that sound like legitimate business? No. And the money that came in did not come in legitimately. It went through 15 shell companies before winding up in the bank account of children. That doesn't happen in legitimate business entities. I think he's got a point. So when you hear this and you realize Christopher Ray and the FBI have been derelict in pursuing stuff like this, it's another example of them very much operating with the political cost of their decisions in mind. And that's not what the job of law enforcement is. Justice is supposed to be blind. Instead, we've got an America where justice has the eyes the size of Budweiser frogs and mouths that are completely full of I've been bagging big game with my dad since I was 10. (laughs) Here we go! For me, hunting is a lifestyle. But I also appreciate the finer things in life. So taking you to the most decked out hunting lodges in America, that's where my two worlds collide. That is right, folks. Season 2 of Luxury Hunting Lodges, starring the great Katie Pavlich, is now available on Fox Nation. You know, one of the perks of doing a show where you carry around firearms is no one's ever going to cancel you, right, Katie Pavlich? (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) I mean, if you ever get canceled, it's going to happen over Zoom. That I can assure you. But uh, hopefully not. I mean, it's, we'll save it for the for the outdoors. <laughs> I'm excited. So, yes, Katie P- Pavlich on the line, a general, not just in the fail of fashion army, but uh, she is armed to the teeth with her dad out there hunting in the luxury hunting lodges of America. It is badass. How you living, champ? We haven't spoken in a few weeks. I'm having a great week. It was my birthday on Monday. We released the second season of Luxury Hunting Lodges of America, where I go spear fishing and duck hunting for the first time. Oh, that is amazing. And all kinds of stuff. So lots of activities, as they say. Well, I'm a terrible Um, friend. I'm excited for it. Well, I should have known it was your birthday, but oddly, like spiritually, I guess I did because I drank pretty hard on your birthday. So I must have known somewhere (laughs) in the recesses of my mind that it was. And I went out. You You were adequately celebrated. I want you to know that. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate that, yes. Jimmy. And it's probably for the good of all of our listeners that I didn't actually know, because then we might have went too far. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be... Like, a, yes, yeah. exactly. This, can't this, go too ham on a Monday. No, no. And this job is hard enough on a community college graduate like me without that. So uh, let's let's play some <laughs> ball. Uh, did you watch any of this Christopher Ray stuff? Because it's, it's embarrassing, I thought, watching him and everything. Yeah. I mean, but there's no corner you could take the conversation into and leave feeling good. Like, the censorship stuff is terrible. I mean, they've, they've you know, his denial that they're not actually telling companies to take stuff down. Because, you know, we just call them up as the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world and say this is not true. <laughs> oh, and at that point, people just say thanks for calling. Have a good day. Like, what was the implication there? Yeah, no, I've been watching pretty much every minute of it, actually, because I'm a total nerd. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, there's so many topics that were covered today with him and the House Judiciary Committee, which is doing oversight. And I think the biggest overall issue that stood out to me is as we deal with this issue of data Mm -hmm. and how Congress tries to regulate how data is used and who is allowed to access it, whether it's, you know, private consumers or big public companies and corporations selling data, big tech selling your data, especially with this new Facebook threads thing, and then the FBI purchasing data from commercial sources and using it to find out people's locations, uh, it was really interesting to see how there's really no solution to that. And that was the one point of bipartisan agreement today where people were like, what do you mean the FBI is in buying commercial data for location services? And Mm -hmm. what are you doing with it? And where is it going? And Christopher Wray couldn't explain that. Um, And then, of course, there's the issue of FISA being up for renewal at the end of the year, which really plays into all of this um, you know, big tech censorship and the 2016 crossfire hurricane investigation, which Christopher Ray said that that was an absolute disgrace. He agrees with John Durham, um, but there's very little confidence in how the reforms have been implemented at the FBI, given the continued politicization and the arrests of like pro-life yep. activists and informants being used in churches, who they said was just a rogue agency thing at a small field office in Richmond, but it does reflect poorly on the you know headquarters in D.C. So lots of bad things happening. I will say that he started his remarks by explaining all of the good work that the FBI is doing with mm-hmm. terrorism and violent crime and working with local law enforcement, which is great. Yep. But if you're being overshadowed by leftist political positions in Washington, D.C., unfortunately, all of that work gets kind of pushed to the side and not recognized because it's there's a distraction, which is a serious one, of these extreme civil liberties violations by the most powerful law enforcement agency we have in this country. Yeah, it's scary stuff. Katie Pavlich is on the line. And, uh, you know, I expect it from other entities. You don't expect it from the FBI. Like, I've had my identity stolen. It's right. embarrassing, though, because my identity got <laughs> stolen. KP, my credit score went up 33 points. It was like <laughs> you should have stolen it back. Yeah, those no, those hackers. They did me good. I was like, this is amazing. I'm at like an eight twelve right now. Keep going. So I mean, we're I, gonna help this guy out. Yeah, I never got to ride that jet ski I bought, but nonetheless, <laughs> like the new credit score. It was good stuff, yeah. man. Oh, That's nuts. A good deal. Did you hear um when Ray was asked? He was actually asked by Jerry Nadler about Mar-a-Lago. 
And he's like, well, it wasn't a raid. We were just following the procedures of a search warrant, which is very much just a, a raid for all intents and purposes because they just showed up and did the dang thing. You know, there were other people who mishandled classified information that didn't get the visit. And if they did, they got a heads up that the visit was coming. So did, did that read to you uh, or do you think I was overreacting because I felt like that was very much a double standard? Well, and with that exchange, um, Ray claimed he didn't really know the details and kept referring even Nadler mm-hmm. to the indictment, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, yeah. you would think as the head of the FBI going into an oversight hearing on a topic where the former president's mm-hmm. resident and the current you know, presidential mm-hmm. candidate for the Republican Party leading is rated that you would know the details. But instead, he kind of just deferred to the indictment and what he thinks happened and said, if you wanted you know, a play-by-play of, of what the non-raid was, you should, you should get into that. Um, and then there was the exchange with Congressman Matt Gates, who asked him directly, you know, why is it that you, are you covering up for the Biden family? Um, which, given all we know about what the laptop, what the, where the laptop was, not in 2016, but mm-hmm. in 2020, leading up to presidential election, uh, the answer seemingly is yes, given the FBI had it for months. Mm-hmm. And then when it came out publicly in news reports, the FBI didn't say, oh, no, no, this is not Russian disinformation. This is real. Mm-hmm. They allowed that narrative to continue forward. So there are still lots of problems with the FBI. There are lots of solutions that have been given by lawmakers, but also by the Heritage Foundation this week, for example, to rip it down and start over. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that the FBI does do good work. They yes. do, do good work with terrorism and local law enforcement and violent crime, but because they've been politicized, their abilities with FISA could be compromised, which when you talk to national security um, folks, that is also a, a very big problem for the security of the country. So they've really put the country in a bad place by allowing the politics to get ahead of their oath of office to the Constitution, unfortunately. I know. And and you know what sucks about it really quick is that, you know, one of the points you made there is so much of the FBI is they're great. They're phenomenal people out there uh, doing phenomenal work. And I hate the conflation that happens because it is the leadership. uh, It is the political motivations of a few that do color the perception of a whole. That's the part that drives me nuts. But to the point of covering for the Bidens, I don't know if you saw this on the Internet. I had a really busy morning, so I actually only caught this when the show went live at noon. There's a clip of Mika Brzezinski, and she's yelling at Biden's staff, saying they have to look out for him because of all of these videos that make him look bad, where he's tripping or going the wrong way. Uh But she's kind of admitting that he's in no capacity to do the job if he has to be looked out for. You and I go on and off stage to give speeches 100 times a year. Is there any world where you've ever gotten lost leaving the stage were it not for the staff? You leave the same way you came, do you not? No, but I will say I do worry about going on and off stage because I have a tendency to fall and trip, but I have the excuse of at least wearing high heels in front of a crowd. Uh, the president doesn't have that excuse. Um, this is really, and I mean, and, and the safety issue, like, yeah. it's a Secret Service problem. Like, yeah. why is the Secret Service not making sure there are not things to trip over, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you're right. Like, someone who is in their right mind mm-hmm. uh, would see the current environment on stage and make an assessment for their own personal safety and try to avoid the hazards like yeah. President Trump did when he walked slowly down that ramp because they, he knew it was slippery. Could you imagine and, if he fell on that ramp? Oh, my God. I mean, they said that it was 25th <laughs> Amendment time because he stayed upright. 
if he exactly. if they slipped, it would have been like a raid on the White House to get him out. They're like, no, no, that's it. Exactly. That's what's... yeah. But then they would have got Mike Pence, and they would have said, oh, he's the worst. <laughs> it's a, well, Just it's like all this. Say, Everyone else is worse. This is the thing that people don't get. Okay, someone could write a children's book called "Everyone Is Trump," and what I mean by that is everyone who's ever run for the Republican nomination in probably the last forty years has gotten described as the same thing. You know, this elitist hates yeah. the little guy, racist, white supremacist, misogynist. And, you know, that's always been the caricature of everybody. They said that about Mitt Romney. I mean, Joe Biden said yeah. Mitt Romney was going to put black people back in chains to Howard University. Right. And the only thing Mitt right. Romney put in chains was his dog on the roof of his car. Do you remember that story? Seamus <laughs> 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 Romney. Can I just wait on that now that we're a few years distanced from that controversy? Are we, are we going down that road again? We are. Here we go. Obama ate a dog. <laughs> Like, what's worse? <laughs> that was a thing. I remember that. <laughs> so Mitt Romney like, and his. Oh, you're going to criticize that? Well, at least Romney didn't eat his dog. Yeah, the dog lived in the Romney version of the story. <laughs> at least yeah. Seamus Romney was alive in the credits of the film, uh, which is exactly. unlike what we could say for the Obama story. But I would just argue <laughs> this is getting past politics. I'm not I'm not a huge Mitt Romney fan, as, as you know, uh, no matter what pair of mom jeans he has on on a given day. OK, there's no Mitt Romney. There's no pair of sassoons I can get behind when it comes to Mitt. But wouldn't you argue, getting away from the politics of this, the dog actually probably loved riding in a crate on the roof of the car. Yeah, it's probably a joy. It's like a, it's like an amusement park. Yeah. Cause I, you it, know, it's a thrill. If your dog loves a window, the roof of the car's got to be amazing. Exactly. That probably wasn't the worst ride in the world. That's the last public uh, def- defense of Mitt Romney. I think they'll hear from either one of us. But let's move forward really quick. <laughs> <laughs> one more for the road. Don't you wish on some level that we find out it was Joe Biden's cocaine just to perk him up? I mean, if he's if he if he if, he, if it's his, he needs to find a new dealer. Cause it's not working. <laughs> it's a reverse <laughs> Red Bull. He's it's not getting like, the wings. He's not getting the upper on that one. <laughs> That's so crazy. Kamala, on the other hand, maybe she should be drug tested in addition to Hunter. That's a good point because of the redundancy in what she says. Well, and the laughing. I mean, the laughing. I mean, I I don't know what it's like to be on cocaine, but Mm -hmm. the laughing seems to be an odd thing. So if they're not going to admit it, and she's not getting questioned, by the way. The White House could ask uh, questions all about the Biden family. It's like, well, wait, mm -hmm. who goes into the situation room? Who walks by there? Mm -hmm. You know. Yep. There's not everybody's in the meetings in the situation room. I know no. that Jake Sullivan says I've been using it, mm-hmm. but you I know, don't know man. Because here's the other thing: if they're not going to say who it is, then everybody's a suspect. I'm just saying. No, that matters too. And understand, uh, people going into the White House are getting through metal detectors. They're getting wanded. Yeah, they're getting sniffed by dogs. So yeah. it can only belong to people who aren't subjected to that. Meaning people yeah, who you literally stand there between these two things where a dog sniffs you mm-hmm. like you can't see the dog, but the dog's sniffing and yep. they are very well trained. Believe me. Yep. So it's somebody who could have gotten it in there well, easily. Well, I and ju- I'm sorry for they say that you can't figure it out. Yes, yeah, you can. Yeah, I know. And it's so great when KJP is like, oh, it's irresponsible to say it could have been the family. I'm like, really? Like, well, just say it's not then. Yeah, exactly. They won't say it's not. Ooh. She just keeps saying they weren't there.
Good point, Katie. That's why you book Katie Pavlich, not just because she has firearms and threatens you over Zoom. Uh, <laughs> I've never threatened you. Ever, I've never ever. threatened anybody. Well, of course, <laughs> but, it would, but I'd be into that. Don't worry about it. I, you know, I, we got a lot of weird <laughs> habits on the show. It's okay. I only threaten you when you wear those horrible Carol Baskin shoes. Yo, I, you know what, Pavlich? Let's talk about this, okay? This matters. No, no. I was going to let you off the phone, but since we have these fashion talks from time to time, I will tell you that those shoes, everyone I've shown them to in person, like just taking them out of a box, is like, yo, mm-hmm. those are the most amazing things in the world. But no. when you, no, no, listen to me. We're not done here. But when I agree with you that when you put them on, they look absurd. Completely absurd. absurd. So I don't know. I think there's such a thing as certain shoes being like better decor than they are wear. Is that possible? That is a fair point. Maybe we should put them in the Jimmy Hall of Fame. (laughs) We're going to open up a museum here at Fox. In the back. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Maybe buried in the backyard like Carol Baskin's husband. Yeah, man. (laughs) Wow, they smell like sardine oil. What's up with these shoes, Jimbo? Unbelievable. Oh, Katie, you're the best. Season two, Luxury Hunting Lodges. Season two on Fox Nation. Go get them. You're the best. I'll see you soon, pal. Happy birthday. Talk to you soon. See you, Katie. Bye-bye. The great Katie Pavlich, season two, Luxury Hunting Lodges. So good. It's on Fox Nation. uh, This is the hook of the Fox Nation shows. They don't tell you this in the commercials. I think the people tuning in know it, though. It's like the shows like Katie does, the shows like Abby Hornacek do, it's a hangout. You get to hang out with them. Like luxury hunting lodges, you get to go hunting with Katie Pavlich. Okay? You're there. You're just hanging out. It's kind of like a civilian ride-along. It's really cool. You know, one of the most fascinating things about being me is the people you have access to in this profession, like Katie Pavlich, that are just like there's this other gear of cool that you don't know exists until you get to hang out, hang around people like that. Like I didn't grow up around like chicks with guns. But it's cool. They're amazing because they're very super duper intelligent. Like you understand when I was a comedian driving a cab in New York City, my perception of the women on TV was just like they must be really hot and that's it. And then you meet them and they're so much smarter than you are. You get like clued into what the game really happens to be. Like Katie Pavlich is a brilliant woman. I don't doubt that she has fans uh, of her looks out there in the audience, but I happen to know her as this other thing. It's like, you know, it's like almost like a weird relative that's really funny and goofy and, yes, happens to have a lot of rifles. And it's a funny element to be around. So even if you're not a big hunting fan and you just like the company, that's the best probably, uh, you know, the best endorsement I could give you for the hunting show is you might learn to like hunting, you might not. But it won't take a lot of lessons to enjoy hanging out with Katie Pavlich. Like, I do consider her like a gold standard. Uh, More of that after this. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Florida Representative Greg Stubbe in the next break. And I am here in New York the rest of the week. I don't have to travel. Uh, it's a win. You'll see me tonight on the evening edit with Liz McDonald. Uh, tomorrow I am on Fox and Friends first, bright and early with Carly Shimkus, 5.52 in the morning. Uh, then I will be on the bottom line with Dagan 
McDowell and Sean Duffy, 6 p.m. tomorrow night on Fox Business. And then I'll be on a live studio audience edition of the Sean Hannity Show tomorrow night, Thursday night. Friday, I am on Waters World with Jesse Waters. So congratulations to him in advance on the ratings bounce. But right now, I am here with you on the radio doing the damn thing. Somebody must have played Vladimir Zelensky yesterday's episode of Fox Across America. Because after throwing a fit at the NATO summit about being denied access into NATO... Uh, Zelensky sat down with Biden today and thanked America for all the money. Here it is, clip three. I want to thank to all Americans who understand that it's more than 43 billion for today. It's big support, and I understand that it's all your money, but but you have to know that you spend this money for for not not just for fighting. You spend this money for our lives. And uh, I think that we save the, the lives for, for, for Europe and for, for all the world. So that is Zelensky today. Okay, thanks for the money. We appreciate it. You know what someone, he tweeted yesterday? It is unprecedented and absurd what a time frame is not set, neither for the invitation nor for Ukraine's membership. While at the same time, vague wording about conditions is added even for inviting Ukraine. So that was the Zelensky yesterday. Kind of biting the hand that fed him. Today, he sat down and said, thanks, America. I appreciate the money. Because he had to realize how ridiculous he sounded. Okay, we are at a time when everything in the country is going wrong, sending $100 billion around the world. We'd at least like to know they appreciate it. So congratulations to whoever forced Zelensky to read that forced statement. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country on the planet. That is us, numero uno. Uh, We are still number one in the rankings. uh, But, man, we are not playing like it. But in this hour, we'll bring in some championship caliber talent. Florida Representative Greg Stubbe is going to weigh in on this FBI hearing. Director Christopher Wray on the Hill right now says everybody should have great faith in the leadership at the FBI. Not even close! (laughs) The rank and file at the FBI are great, Uh, but the political motivations, not the best. And uh, as agencies go, uh, I mean, listen, as things failing the country go, as things that are a mess go, I would actually put the leadership of the FBI I mean, almost at the tippy top of that list because we've lost faith in them as an institution because of guys like Jim Comey, because of the actions of guys like Christopher Wray. So for that reason, it's not good, okay? And it doesn't help that when you look down the line, okay, so you don't love the FBI, you're like, all right, well, we don't love the FBI, okay? Let's see what they're doing over in the military. Oh, they're teaching them all pronouns and having drag shows. What the (laughs) hell is the world coming to? You're like, all right, well, we don't like the drag shows and the pronoun thing going on in the military. Let's see what's going on in the in the White House. Oh, uh, yeah, we've got a president who quits talking halfway through a statement. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. You're like, all right, fine, great. Oh, but uh, we got the backup, right? Let's uh, let's see what Kamala Harris is doing. Well, that's what we're going to do here at the tippy top of the hour. We're going to see what Kamala Harris is doing because Biden's been making headlines with a lot of this stuff going on over at NATO and his ongoing effort to save the Queen of England. And we are, in fact, expecting a briefing from the FBI 
on the cocaine at the White House. There's a lot of moving parts on that one. We still haven't gotten any straight answers. But there's not a lot of attention being made paid to Kamala Harris, a woman who is right now a heartbeat away from the presidency, as they say, uh, and a woman who could very prominently factor into the 2024 election if, in fact, all of these hit pieces being leaked by the DNC have their desired effect and actually force Joe Biden off the ticket. Come on, man. Understand, when the New York Times and the Atlantic are now writing pieces about Biden and his behavior, his handling of the grandkid that he won't acknowledge, his handling of the English language, (laughs) his handling of his staffers as the piece in Axios made the rounds this week that Biden's yelling at his staffers. Understand, if Biden is famous for yelling at his staffers, that was the claim. Oh, he's famous. It's considered a rite of passage to get screamed at by this raging old man. If that's the case, that means this has been known information his entire presidency. Correct the mundo. Which means if it's only coming out now, there's a motivation to tell you. Correct the mundo. So you understand... There is an effort underway to get Biden off the ticket, okay? They don't want him to, like, 25th Amendment his way out of the Oval right now at this very moment because doing that would make Kamala Harris the president. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 The problem we have with Kamala Harris as a president, although she's the greatest job security Joe Biden or any president will ever have, is the prospect that if he were to go down, she would be in charge of the whole thing, and nobody wants that, is that, you know, Kamala is challenged not as a vice president, not as a president, but just as a basic human being. She has a real degree of difficulty with authenticity. And sadly, and this is where I feel bad for her, like we make fun of her, but she's really uncomfortable in her own skin because nothing she's doing is authentic to the truth. Like if you remember Kamala Harris... Okay, once bragged, once bragged on Charlemagne's show that she loved listening to Tupac and Biggie, Biggie Smalls, greatest rapper of all time. She loved listening to Tupac and Biggie and smoking weed when she happened to be in college. (laughs) Now, why do we play the wrong buzzer? Because she was in college when neither Tupac nor Biggie Smalls had ever once set foot into a recording studio. They were like five-year-olds. But getting past that is her bragging, no, I love smoking weed and listening to hip-hop. Okay, as an attorney general in California, she was throwing people in jail for smoking marijuana at five times the national rate. That's true. That is true. So you understand... There's something very disingenuous about her public-facing persona. It's constantly contradicting her record. It's also contradicting the truth. And because she's so full of it, because she's such a go-along, get-along, to-get-along chameleon, she'll take any position that benefits her in the moment. Don't ever forget, when Joe Biden was running for president, okay, Kamala Harris on the debate stage said he was a racist, a racist She said, Vice President Biden, there was a little girl in 1974 when you were fighting against integrated busing. You were fighting for segregated busing. And there was a little girl that wanted to get on those buses. And that little girl was me. That's what Kamala Harris said and brought down the House. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Well, that's what Biden might have thought in the moment. 
But as it turns out, that little girl grew up to be a chameleon who would do anything if she thought it suited the moment. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. That's Kamala Harris. And I can play that clip with great confidence because she went on to say after that debate that she believed Joe Biden's sexual assault accuser, Tara Reid. I believe this woman. She should be heard. So if you're keeping score at home, Kamala Harris says Joe Biden is a racist for his support of segregated busing. Kamala Harris says Joe Biden is a rapist for what he did for for Tara Reid. But when the phone rang and Joe Biden said, how would you like to be vice president for the man you called a racist and a rapist? Her reaction was... Oh, girl, vice president of the United States, absolutely, is what she said. Couldn't take the job fast enough. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Totally. Kamala Harris, I said it before, and I will say it again. Kamala is a lying sociopath, fact-checked. Okay, she's a lying sociopath, and it's one of the reasons she speaks in the redundancies that she does is she can't get out of her own way because she's never telling you the truth and she never knows how to express herself genuinely. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. This is a fight that is born out of seeing and knowing what can be and believing in that, unburdened by what has been. Knowing and believing and having faith in what can be, unburdened by what has been. Knowing what can be, unburdened by what has been. To see what can be, Unburdened by what has been. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. I mean, what? There's so many devices. There's so much redundancy. Listen to this one. This is her down in New Orleans. This is right when I was leaving to go on vacation, talking about what culture is at a culture summit. This is clip 45. Well, I think culture is, it it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And... And, and present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And, and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because, you know, it comes in the morning. <laughs> we, have, we have to find ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it in that way, too. (laughs) That fake laugh. But it's there because she's uncomfortable. And that redundancy. Culture is a reflection of the moment in our time, right? And present culture is how we express how we're feeling in that moment. And we should always find time to express how we feel about the moment that is an expression. 
Because, you know, when it comes to the moment, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you because I care. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> it's a wild time to be alive. We're really riding the rails right now, riding the rims. It's crazy, man. She could be president right now, right now. Joe Biden's old, man. I'm not saying I want him to die, but I'm saying that if he did, they'd stick him in an urn and try to keep going as president. I don't think they'd swear her in because they know people that are around her. They know. Like, think about this. When you start to see pieces in the media, like, oh, Biden should step down. The Atlantic flat out said he should not run. Okay, the Atlantic is a left-wing partisan rag. The Atlantic once ran the story on Veterans Day that Donald Trump had refused to go to a ceremony in the rain because he said veterans were suckers and losers. The Atlantic read that, ran that story with no source on the record confirming it. However, after seeing the event they quoted, the Trump administration, if you remember— had all 25 people who were in the room at the time of the alleged quote come forward to say, no, he didn't say anything like this. What are you even talking about? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay, that's who the Atlantic is. You understand the Atlantic will do anything it can if it will hurt the Republican Party, meaning their loyalty lies to the left. When they're writing a piece that says Joe Biden should not run, Okay, it's not because they suddenly have switched allegiances to the Republican Party. It's because they know Biden sucks. Okay, understand no differently than The New York Times writing pieces about Biden's grandkids. Okay, no differently than Axios writing pictures, uh, you know, hit pieces about Biden's backstage demeanor. All of these pieces are surfacing at the same time. That Gavin Newsom puff pieces are starting to make the rounds. That Pete Booty Judge puff pieces are starting to make the rounds. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. Even so, Vanity Fair did a big giant piece on Gretchen Whitmer. Ah, oh, Gretchen Whitmer. She's fantastic. She's presidential material. Wrong. Gretchen Whitmer is everything that was done wrong in COVID on steroids. The weaponization of government overzealously locking people down and violating your own lockdowns. Do you remember when she shut down all the lakes? All the lakes. And then her husband got caught trying to rent a boat. That's just how white folks will do you. Yeah. That was her French laundry moment. It didn't quite get the publicity of Gavin Newsom. The point is everybody on the Democratic bench sucks right now. People are just terrible. Look at the state of transportation in this country. Okay? Or don't. Because it's hard to look at. All the train derailments and everything in between. The idea that the first reaction to him taking over transportation was to make an airline industry besieged with so many problems change their notification system. The NOTAM notification system used to mean notice to airmen. He changed it to notice to air persons. What an idiot. And I say what an idiot, not because we don't care about inclusion. My gosh. I say it because if you are not qualified emotionally to hear notice to air men instead of notice to air persons, You shouldn't be in charge of the lives of everyone on a plane. I think he's got a point. Fighting the wrong battles. Booty just sucks. Gavin Newsom is horrible. More people are fleeing California than anywhere else in the world. Gretchen Whitmer is Andy Cuomo with better office etiquette. You ever seen a grown man naked? For real. But she signed the same COVID executive order as Hansy Andy. Andy! Andy! 
Okay, Gretchen Whitner also also mandated that nursing homes take in infected coronavirus patients. Did it in Pennsylvania, too. Cut and paste. Hey, man, here's some civil and criminal immunity. Take these people into the old folks' home. Probably kill people. Don't worry about it. You're not going to go to jail. You're not going to get sued. We just gave you immunity. That's what she did. But understand this, okay? She is getting puff pieces about being your next Democratic nominee. Gavin Newsom, the man who presides over more people fleeing a state than anyone else in America, a guy who has turned his entire state into the world's largest outdoor, literally, dumping ground. Pete Buttigieg, pound for pound, the worst transportation secretary we've ever had. They're all getting puff pieces about potentially replacing Biden. You know who's not? The woman on the ticket right now. Bingo. Introducing the Rolex vice presidential model, the watch that lets you track the passage of time, just like Kamala Harris. Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. The Rolex vice presidential model is so significant, we even made one for kids. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. The Rolex vice presidential model now selling across America and coming soon to the southern border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910 if you want to sneak in before the buzzer. Greg Stubbe coming up in the next break. Going to ask him about this cocaine situation in the White House. I don't know what's going on there. I'm supposed to get a briefing soon. Uh, the reason I've been talking about this a lot is uh, cocaine in the White House has probably happened, uh, I'd say, you know, several times over the years. Okay. JFK was walking Marilyn Monroe through the front door, okay, and taking her up to the bedroom. I love it when you talk dirty. Well, that was going on. But so was the brother, actually, RFK. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to get technical here, they, they put up some good numbers. I mean, there were a lot of shenanigans going on in the White House. We had a president in the 90s who used an intern as a humidor. I believe that together we can make America great again. Seriously, that went on. Okay, true story. This is not okay. Well, that's what she said then. Uh, but let's stick with me. Okay, it's not the fact that there's cocaine there. Okay, cocaine can be. We get it. Okay, the president's son had a crack addiction. And again, there but for the grace of God go any of us. I don't want to hold the addiction against him. But this idea that the cocaine's been there over a week now, the story, and they don't know who came out with it or who came up with it or who it belonged to, that's a lie. Like anybody who works in law enforcement can tell you, this is the White House. You can't get in without being sniffed by a dog, without going through metal detectors which means the only people that could have gotten this cocaine into the White House are people who didn't have to go through that process. I agree with that. But what does that mean? That means the pool of people it could possibly belong to is very, very small. Okay? So in this instance, they know who in the pool it belongs to, given the amount of video surveillance, given the level of scrutiny those areas are subjected to which means they haven't come out with an answer or they haven't denied it belonging to certain people because there's evidence out there that could prove that it does. 
but I'm not here to yell at people for doing cocaine. People doing all kinds of drugs. I drove a taxi in New York City. I've seen people do drugs you've never heard of, like straight up. We could do a whole three-hour show on it one day. But my concern is if it's that easy to get those drugs into the White House, then it would in theory be that easy to get other things into the White House, like anthrax or fentanyl or anything else in the process. And that's why this stuff matters. And that's why we're going to keep asking the tough questions. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing some walk-on music for the most feared hitter in the history of the congressional baseball game. I don't know that this would be his his walk-up music, but joining us now to confirm nor deny, he's a superstar representative from Florida's 17th Congressional District, Representative Greg Stubbe in the house. Hey, man. Hey, that would definitely not be my walk-up music. (laughs) I I think I could find something stronger than that. No pump up the jam? It sounds like you want to jazzercise with the fans. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Richard Simmons. <laughs> Sweating to the oldies with Greg Stubbe. We can move that product. Uh, let's no. talk about it, though. Good to hear your voice. How you feeling, man? Are you getting better, by the way? Yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, 100%. It's um, a blessing to be back. It's a blessing to, to be able to, um, I mean, it was God's grace that I'm even here. Mm-hmm. And then be able to recover so quick that I was able to play and run around bases and pitch in the congressional baseball game. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a goal for me. So it, like, set up. Yeah, you know, like goals and timelines. And so it helped me uh, rehab and it helped me get back into shape. But, uh, yep. Good to know. It's a blessing. Did we ever figure out why your wife pushed you off or no? No. I, and I did tell her that you said that that's still out for um, <laughs> that there's no camera on said location. You can see that we have cameras, obviously, all around our property. You can just see the limb go down, but you can't actually see the ladder. Yo, so man, I'm, question. I'm telling you as a guy who has too much life insurance, because I took out my policies when I was a cab <laughs> driver. Anything could happen. My wife would be like, oh, your nose is running. We should pull the plug. You shouldn't have to live like this. I'm like, wait, what? What's going on? Jenny just passed me a tissue. I'm telling you because I care, Stuby. But let's talk about other things we care about. Uh, The Christopher Ray testimony today, that's a little concerning to me, man, because I don't think you can watch him and come away from it feeling like the upper echelons of the FBI have our best interest at heart. The rank and file agents, a lot of them doing phenomenal work, and I hate to see them get besmirched by what's going on, but do you feel on some level that the leaders of the FBI are undermining our faith in it? A hundred percent. And, you know, when you ask direct questions, I mean, January 6th was what, like two years, three years ago, whenever it was, and you still are unwilling to tell us that there were FBI agents in the crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, Why were they there? Were they instigating? Was this a plan knowing, you know, I mean, there's so many questions and to just refuse to answer those questions, I don't think that's uh, fair to the American people or, or fair to the American patriots who showed up that day just to voice their opposition to what they saw mm-hmm. uh, happen in the elections. And um, I, I've always criticized and stood against any type of violence that happened on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a whole bunch of people that just came to have their voices be heard and to refuse questions from members of Congress as to whether FBI agents were there, I think, is uh, pretty unconscionable. Yeah, it's a little shaky. We're talking to Florida Representative Greg Stubbe. And uh, it's also the censorship idea like where he actually says, well, we didn't make them take down posts. We just called up the companies and told them the posts were no good. But if you're the biggest law enforcement agency in the world and you call Silicon Valley and say, hey, this post is from a bad actor, their obvious next course of recourse is going to be to take it down, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, I mean, walk that through sensibly and reasonably. You yeah. work for Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, pre-Elon Musk, and you get a phone call from FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., telling you to take down, or, hey, this is the FBI agent, such and such. Uh, we, this, we view this as disinformation, and it's our recommendation that you take it down. What do you think that people are going to do? They're going to take it down. Yep. And uh, to have a law enforcement agency whose purpose is not to censor speech, but their purpose is to enforce the law, doing that type of thing uh, is – it's. Uh, there's some some significant reforms that need to happen in that agency from the top down, from spying on the Trump campaign, which we all know now yep. um, they colluded that 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 they they the FBI went in and got warrants through the FISA court, a secret court, oh by the way, yep. and um, to surveil and and spy on American citizens. That shouldn't be happening in America. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens in communist China, and they were doing it for political purposes. And that's what's like really, uh, really frustrating. Yeah, it's it's bad, man. That's that's the point I'm trying to make to people is that there are folks on the left who think, well, this is okay because it's benefiting us politically that they're going after conservatives. But what they don't get is that if we accept this as the standard operating procedure, there could be a time when the FBI uh, was leaning a little more to the right and could be doing the exact same thing to the people on the left. It shouldn't be acceptable no matter which party does it. And that's what we're trying to call out. People don't really get it, though. That's the frustration. Uh, whose cocaine is it in the White House, and or do you believe we're ever going to find out the real answer to that question? I, I don't think we'll find out, but here he, I've been in Congress five years. During mm-hmm. the Trump administration, I went over to the White House, I don't know, countless times, mm-hmm. at least three or four. And so let me just explain the process. You go through, even as a member of Congress, mm-hmm. you know, your name has to go on a list. They have to have your social security number. You show up at checkpoint one and they take your picture. You go through security. You go through, they search all your bags. You go through a magnetometer. There's a, a sniffing dog that's sniffing for bombs or explosives or probably drugs. And so the only way that that would have gotten in if it got in not through the normal circumstances, and that's staff. Everybody that works there goes through that process. So only the member of the president's family would be able to get into the White House and not have to go through that process. Mm-hmm. It is a fact. We have video of Hunter Biden smoking crack mm-hmm. uh, that he had has has had a cocaine problem. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me that there's not video that the Secret Service doesn't know the exact number of people that were in the room <laughs> there where it was found during the yeah. time period and to just play oh you know, well, we don't know where it came from <laughs> we're gonna have to launch an investigation that you find out three years from now though we, we don't know so, um they're obviously trying to cover down for what we all know as americans what's really going on that's so true we're talking to representative greg Stubbe because they can figure this out pretty quickly uh based on surveillance video and everything in between cell phone data and everything else and my my guess is they figured it out pretty quickly. And we've been in the stages now of trying to blame it on a staffer who will peacefully go away for a sum of money to be paid under the table in some capacity, because if, if it was a, if it's a person uh, that doesn't reflect negatively on them, meaning it's there through no fault of the administration of the family, they would have outed them immediately. The fact that they haven't uh, means they're in a tough spot. So I agree with your assessment. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, this, I mean, if it would have if it would have been, you know, the I don't know, the ambassador from whatever, yeah. they would have been like, oh, the ambassador was in this room from this period to this period. He was the only guy in there. It must be his. Yeah. So obviously it's it's who we all thinks 
it is, <laughs> and they're just going to play defense because that's what this administration does. Yeah, no, they they would uh, uh, under this administration they would tell you if we if we found a bag of roofies in Bill Cosby's fridge, they'd be like, well, it could be the staff, could be uh, some construction worker. We're like, no, no, it's uh, it's the guy with the case history. That would be my guess. Uh, let me throw this one at you really quick while I got you on the phone. Um, Everything else going on in the country, getting past, you know, Ray, not great. Uh, obviously, this Hunter Biden situation is bad as well. But have you sensed around D.C. that there is an internal effort to actually get Biden off of this ticket? Because we're starting to read in a lot of liberal media outlets pieces about Biden that wouldn't traditionally get written. You know, one calling him old, one saying he doesn't talk to his grandkids. Then we've got the one about him yelling at the staff. Are the Democrats you come into contact with uh, giving off any type of we need to make a move type of vibe? I think in in they uh, nobody has said that to yes. me uh-huh. uh, that I've had conversations with, but you can you can certainly see see an uneasiness. So it's probably one of two things: either either one, it's it's so fr- they see how bad Biden is and they see the numbers nationwide. Um, so it's with the media, it's either two things: it's either one. That's so bad that they have to report it. Like, mm. they just don't have a choice because it's everywhere. And so now they're being called out, hey, New York Times or CNN, why haven't you talked about this? Because it's everywhere and everybody's talking about it. Uh, or they're starting to realize that he is, Biden, is very susceptible to a Republican taking him out. Mm. And so we have to do something to play defense on that. Um, yeah. It's got to be one of those two things. You don't hear members, Democratic, of course, every Democratic member of Congress is going to yeah. uh, defend Biden and thinks he's the greatest president in the history of the, the nation of the world but um you don't you don't really hear them talking about that but that's what i think it is either the mainstream media has been pushed into a corner and they have to report it or they're starting to realize that there's got to be other options out there because he is so weak on every issue that americans actually care about that there's no way he can win the election i agree thousand percent man it's a what a wild time to be alive well listen man everybody's glad you're back up on your feet uh, tell your wife we have not come off the case yet. We're still on to this, and we're going to solve that, too. <laughs> yeah, Once we find the White House Coke, we're going to get the surveillance video on the Stubby house. You trust me. We got there your back. There we go. All right, my man. I appreciate right. you. Have a great day. All right, anytime. My man, Representative Greg Stubby from the great state of Florida. He's telling you the truth, man. You know, the Democrats are very good about unity, about their public-facing persona, meaning they will get out there and say, no, no, we love Biden. He's great. No, no, Joe Biden is the greatest president in the history of the world. Come on, don't bullshit me. No, they will. They're straight up. No, no, we love the guy. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you get that Gavin Newsom piece comes out. Weird, because Gavin Newsom insists he's not running. Get a booty judge piece, get a, you know, Gretchen Whitmer piece. The only one who hasn't gotten a piece right now is Hillary Clinton, by the way. And she's probably the one who wants one. She's probably the one leaking the stories. Biden's got nothing. Believe me, she's got plenty of energy to do this again. I don't feel no ways tired. No, ma'am. But Stubby's right, you know, getting past all of that. If the White House had a satisfactory answer on this cocaine thing, they would have gave it to us. I don't doubt we're going to get some type of an answer either. It's completely unsolvable. We just wouldn't know, given the high traffic of unsearched people in the White House. There's about five people that can get into the White House without being searched. Maybe. Okay. Maybe six. You know, maybe the six, the family and the six grandkids can get in unsearched. You know, not the seventh. The seventh one shows up. That seventh little girl shows up. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. They don't even acknowledge the kid's existence. I'm telling you, there's real white trash stuff going on in the White House. They, every bad thing they told you about Trump, like Trump's offense is he's crass. He, di- he came along at a time 
when everyone was talking in carefully curated sound bites, pretend nice. Everybody got in front of a microphone and said something that was carefully scripted from a group of political strategists. And then Trump got showed up and just started giving people the business. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Oh, it was great. Just straight up. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastard. That's what I mean. There's no filter. None at all when it came to Trump. Everything woke turns to And people loved it. Why? Because it was raw and it was real. They didn't always agree with the pugnacious nature of some of his tweets when he just, like, calls someone a fat pig. Uh, But they also didn't need to be talked to like they were five, especially because all the people who were talking like they were five and saying all the sweet things were going behind your back afterwards and doing the complete opposite. This is politics as usual. Okay, Trump gave them a different type of politics. But that was his biggest offense. Like, he was, you know caricatured as, you know, this hot-headed lunatic that was going to bring on World War III, and he happens to be the only president in the last 40 years who didn't get us into a war. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. Okay, and, you know, we were told women are going to be illegal, minorities are going to be banned. You know, but the Trump tax cuts were responsible for the largest accelerator of household growth for black families in the last 40 years. Okay, they helped, didn't govern like uh, white supremacists, as was the claim. You know, and for all the bad things they say about the guy's family, you really think about Melania Trump. If Melania Trump was a Democrat, she'd have her name on about five federal buildings by now. She is a self-made immigrant. She speaks five languages. She is a supermodel. Hubba, hubba. But you understand, if a Democrat comes along with that pedigree, five languages, immigrant, self-made millionaire before she married Trump, and yes— Pretty, I got to be honest with you, you seen those photos on the internet, naked on a jet plane? Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. Well, the point is, uh, you know, not the worst. And all I'm trying to say to you is, if you had that pedigree as a Democrat, you would probably have your face on a form of our currency by now. Because she checks all the boxes, except the last one, the only one they care about, which is the political affiliation of her husband. But when it comes to the Bidens, they were sold to us, if you remember, as the ones who were going to bring back decency to the Oval Office. (laughs) What were we told when Biden got elected? If you remember, the media screamed and yelled this was the big moment because the adults were back into the room. You know, the people leaving cocaine under the White House, you know, the people who won't acknowledge their grandkid and the kid knows her grandfather is the president, but he won't talk to her. Those, the adult, they're back in the room. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It it seems as though we have a, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the the theme I would say is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, There is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. I mean, dude, are you kidding me? The media is a bunch of losers. But what does that tell you? That tells you that they have just such an overwhelming level of political bias coursing through their veins that they're no longer 
capable of talking to you objectively. They just want to shill for one side. So you've got Joe Biden, the adults are back in the room. That's what his election constituted, despite the fact that by then everybody knew his son was running an influence peddling scheme. The FBI corroborated it as true. Okay, the newspapers that reported it as Russian disinformation, the New York Times, the Washington Post, had also come around to say, oh, yeah, by the way, it turns out it's true. Okay, so the guy who was having an affair with his brother's widow and then knocked up a stripper behind her back but was fighting to not pay her child support and the president was outright declaring he wouldn't acknowledge the existence of his own grandkid, he's one of the adults in the room. You know, the family that has left cocaine in the White House. The family that has opened up our southern border and has presided over six million illegal migrations into the country. No, no, these are the adults, the people who declared war on our domestic energy sector, the folks that have sold us out on the world stage, decimated our manufacturing base so they can placate this green energy fever dream by sending all of the manufacturing gigs over to China. Okay, it's crazy what's going on. But the fact that the media is willing to sit there and tell you, no, no, these are the adults in the room. Dude, what we have back in the room is white trash. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, we are in the bottom of the ninth on the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America. I am off your TV this evening. I'm a civilian. I'm going to go home and hang out with Jenny and Lincoln finish writing my book. Uh, tomorrow morning, you will see me at 5.52 a.m. on Fox and Friends First with Carly Shimkus and Todd Pyro. Tomorrow night at 6 p.m., Dagan McDowell, Sean Duffy on the bottom line. And then at 9, a live studio audience edition of the Sean Hannity Show if you want to check that out. You can also message me on the Fox Across America Facebook page. And if you missed any of my TV appearances, go to foxacrossamerica.com and check them out, girlfriend. Uh, the one thing I could tell you the rest of the way this week is Tudor Dixon is on the show tomorrow, which is kind of a big deal. We're great friends, and we hung out in Michigan this past weekend. Tudor and her mom and Sarah, her superstar assistant, hung out backstage with Kennedy and myself on the Laughs and Liberty Tour. Our next stops, this is important, okay? I am going to be solo in St. Mary's, Ohio, July the 29th. That's at the Grand Opera House, Jenny Fallis' hometown. August the 25th, we were at the Green Valley Ranch out in Henderson, Nevada, and that's absolutely nuts. We're going to be sold out probably by next week. The tickets have flown, so thank you. I'm flattered. But September the 16th, I am back on the East Coast at the Sugarloaf Performing Arts Center uh, upstate New York, just about an hour outside of the city. So if you're in the tri-state area, you want to come hang out with your radio buddy, make some damn moves. It's probably your only chance this summer to see me in person without jumping on a plane. Party's over. Pay up and get out. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.